Hi, I'm Brittany Hodak, author of Creating Superfans. Hey, this is Kevin Kaufman of The Kevin and Fred Show. This is Kristen Mayshore. Hey, this is Jim Remley of E! Real Estate Coach, and you're listening to Dish and Dirt with Gary Pickren, South Carolina's only podcast dedicated to the real estate agent craft. And greetings and welcome back to another episode of Dish and Dirt. I am your often opinionated, but rarely wrong, if ever wrong, host Gary Pickering, coming to you from Blair Cato Pickering Casterline in beautiful downtown Columbia, South Carolina, this the first week of August 2022. And of course, that means our new Camden office is now officially open. Yes, we are really excited to be now part of the Camden business community and look forward to doing lots and lots of closings in Camden. And the best news for you Camden agents is we will love to do closings for you on Friday afternoon. I know there's not many in Camden that can get closings done on a Friday afternoon, but we are really excited to be able to offer you Friday afternoon closings, closings throughout the whole week. But of course, we'll also do them on Friday afternoon for you Camden agents as well. Just send your contract to neworders at blaircato.com and we'll get to work for you today. Today, we have a top-notch guest. We have my law partner, Cynthia Blair. And the reason Cynthia is on our show today is we have another huge development in real estate that's going to affect how real estate closings are going to be conducted in the real estate market. The remote online notary was finally passed in the House of Representatives, and it looks very certain that it's going to pass in the Senate. It's a bipartisan bill. Both sides passed it overwhelmingly. I think it was very few people that even opposed it in the House, and in the Senate, it looks like there'll be very few people who oppose it there, and it certainly will get signed by the president. So it looks like nationwide, we will have remote online notary, which is very good because South Carolina is one of the last states to hold out in becoming a remote online notary state. So Cynthia Blair of my office has been at the absolute forefront in South Carolina trying to get our state legislature to pass South Carolina's own version of remote online notary so that we would not default to the federal statute. She is very well versed in what RON is, which is what we call remote online notary. And she will talk to us not only about what remote online notary or RON is, but how it will affect your closings, how it makes things a lot easier for you guys. And so there's a lot of great information that you're going to get in our podcast today. So let's go ahead and jump in with Cynthia Blair. All right. So with me today is my law partner, Cynthia Blair. She is the Blair of Blair Cato. And for the last two years since I've had this podcast, she has been begging, pleading, basically doing anything she can to get on my podcast. I, for, for this long, have been able to avoid it. But finally, I have no choice but to relent and let her on. So I guess you're on today, Cynthia, so welcome to Edition Dirt. Yeah, in your dreams. <laughs> so Cynthia is joining us because she is literally one of the smartest minds in the industry when it comes to the processes, and the remote online notary process is something that she's been working on for many years, trying to get us Ron, as we call it, uh, here in South Carolina Pass, and so I wanted to bring her on to talk about a huge change. It looks like we're seeing it about ready to happen here on a national level since our state never did it. First thing we want to do is talk about when we do a closing, there are certain types of documents that have to be notarized. Well, I think every real estate agent understands that. Those documents are obviously notarized by the closing attorney when you're sitting there in front of the client, but sometimes we have buyers or sellers who can't attend. So why don't you kind of go through the current status of how notarization works in South Carolina before we get into what our big changes are. Sure. Well, the the status of the law for notarization in South Carolina is that it has to be done in person, in, in ink. There's been no changes there. That's the way it's always been. The notary has to be physically present in the same room 
with the person signing, and they have to do so in, in wet ink. And so during COVID, I know a lot of us closing attorneys had discovered the value of, of Zoom. And we also had the issue where a lot of people just didn't feel comfortable going to offices or didn't want to travel from state to state back then. And we were able to use this really cool process, I think, of Zoom. And so can I explain how we were able to do the notarization then, since if we're in South Carolina and our buyers in uh, California, we're obviously not able to notarize the documents. Tell us how we were doing that so that everybody will understand that process. That's right. And, and that's currently the way we still have to do it. Um, if the buyer is in California, then we have to send a notary to the, or the buyer can have their own notary if they, if they, know, if they know one. Um, but they have to be physically in person with the notary wherever they may be, whether it's California, whether it's South Carolina, or whether it's in another country, they've got to have that document notarized or at least under the, that country's law in order to be able to be reported in South Carolina. And this inability for us to, as closing attorneys, to do the notary while we're watching somebody sign in London or Idaho or Florida does cause issues for closings because a lot of people aren't familiar with this and think that, oh, I didn't know I had to have a notary. I thought you could just notarize. And so these are causing a lot of problems, is it not? It is. And and really one of the things that I think we're seeing um, that we, particularly when COVID started, we really began to see was um, when people were locked down a little bit and they couldn't access a notary, but they still needed to close. That caused us tremendous problems because in those cases, we really just had to delay closing. We weren't, we didn't have another option. New York State was a big problem because I know in New York City, they, you were not allowed to have notaries come to your house, period, for months upon months. So if you were trying to sell a property, you couldn't come to South Carolina because you couldn't get back into New York unless you quarantined for 14 days. And then they couldn't even have a notary come to their house to have it notarized. Yeah, it was a it was definitely a, a challenge for all of us during that time period. And during that time period, a lot of the states passed remote online notary to rectify the situation, but South Carolina didn't. Yeah, a lot of the states actually did executive orders, emergency temporary executive orders, allowing for run uh, remote online notarization, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. And also... Some some hybrid things. REN is one. It's remote ink notarization. Um, it's not something that we would want to do here in South Carolina. It was um, a temporary solution. Some of the states still allow for it, but it's a little bit. I don't think it is nearly as safe um, as RON. And then there's PRON, which is paper remote online notarization. Online notarization. We have um, all kind of great acronyms, but the one we really the the two we really care about are IPEN in person electronic and then RON. And during COVID, South Carolina, despite y'all's best efforts at the American Land Title Association, just continued to refuse to create any new signing abilities through notary, no remote online notary, anything like that. Um, we, well, we passed last year, um, the legislature of South Carolina passed IPEN, okay. in-person electronic notarization. It still isn't in effect yet. The South Carolina State, uh, Secretary of State is finishing up the regulations and finishing up all of the due diligence that they had to do for the for the vendors and all the people who can do that. So they're finishing that up. And I hope maybe January 1st of 2023 will be able to do that. So what is IPEN and explain how that would change closings in South Carolina? Yeah. So IPEN is, as I said, in-person electronic notarization. So it does not change the fact that the notary still has to be physically present with the, the person who's signing. But what it does allow for is a completely electronic transaction. So the lender can send us the, the package 
electronically, which they do these days anyway, but we won't have to print them out. We can sit there with an iPad. We'll go over the documents just like we would in a normal closing, but they're on an iPad instead of in paper. The buyer or borrower or whomever is signing will sign electronically, and then we would notarize it electronically. And the witness would also sign electronically. So we'd end up with no paper. We'd start out with no paper and we'd end up with no paper. The whole thing can be done electronically. Um, and that will be that that is now the law in South Carolina. And as soon as the Secretary of State is finished, we'll be able to conduct closings like that. I hope I hope by the end of the year. That's like buying a car. I know the last time I bought a car, I went to the dealership. They had a big pad. They turned around. They swiped to the right. were showing me all the different pages of documents. I signed twice. They put my signature everywhere. I initialed once. They put my initials everywhere. And at that time, he turned around and emailed me the documents for the car. And with it, before I even could finish, I already had the document signed in my email. It's exactly like that. Just that the extra piece of when you need a witness and when you need a notary, those will also be done electronically um, on the same on the same document. And this could eliminate funding document, the funding document, the funding number, and all that stuff. Could it not? Yeah, it should because if you if you know how it is when you're doing DocuSign, if you miss something, you miss a, an initial or you miss a signature, it won't let you submit it. So the only way it lets you submit those documents to the lender is when everything is signed and dated the way they want it to. It goes submit, then the lender knows it's properly executed. They don't have to then go back through and make sure that everything got signed like they do right now. So what we expect to happen is essentially for those lenders who are eVault ready um, and have electronic notes, and so they can do a completely electronic closing, what we expect is that to eliminate the need for review of documents before funding can be issued. So essentially funding immediately when you click transmit for the documents back to the lender. And so for people that are concerned about fraud and say, well, I would be concerned that somebody would just do it for me and I would never see the documents. That's why the notary is still there because the notary is still notarizing documents and the notary would have to make sure that person is correct. And that's also why the lawyer would still be involved. Absolutely. Doesn't do doesn't change any of that aspect of the closing as it is now. We currently check IDs. We currently make sure that um, that we're the person signing is the same person that's shown us the driver's license, and it won't be any different from a notary standpoint. Well, it sounds like this would be good for from a cost standpoint of not having to paint to do to print the papers. Uh, it seems like it's obviously good for the environment that way. Also, it seems like it'll bring down a lot of the time it takes to, to sign because you should be able to sign electronically, I would think, a whole lot easier than we have to sit there and watch people sign their names. So it seems like the overall closing process will be quicker. We could expect this maybe by January of 2023? I sure hope so. Um, like I said, the law is already in place. The Secretary of State, I actually spoke with her last week um, and uh, the Deputy Secretary of State not the Secretary of State, who is a male. Um, <laughs> the Deputy Secretary of State said that they are in the final stages of approving all the vendors um, that they need for issuing electronic notarization. Um, it, you know, there's multiple pieces to that that they have to do on their end. So once they're ready with their regulations and all those pieces, then we'll be able to apply for to be an electronic note. But not every lender is necessarily going to automatically convert to electronic closings? No, unfortunately, there's a process that lenders have to go through to become what they call e-vault ready. And it's the ability to have electronic notes and and store them. And not every lender is doing that yet. More and more, and the numbers grow every year as to the warehouse lenders and the originators um, who allow for that. But um, I think that until we have some critical mass 
with the usage of this. And we should, we really do have critical mass in in large regard, but the last few states that don't have remote online, online notarization um, include California, which of course is a big one. So I think that until we see a little movement with um, those last few holdouts, we'll still see a lot of lenders who are, are sitting on the fence waiting for it. After after that happens, I think every lender will be will be fully in the water and, and doing this as much as possible. So at some time in the near future, we could get to the point where all closings are paperless, all closings are done through an iPad or some type of computer system, no funding numbers. I, I just see that as a very positive movement forward. I mean, it's our industry has always been so far behind every other industry when it comes to this kind of technology. I know we, we tried to do the what the hybrid closings for a while back in the day, and then those went away, and robo signing became an issue, and all that stuff. Well, and we do what we we currently do hybrid closings because the uh, law in South Carolina, of course, doesn't yet permit um, the electronic notarization. Well, it it permits it, but until we have the the everything finished with the Secretary of State, we can't do it. So we currently do hybrid closings. Lenders will send us a, a loan package that's only a few documents. Uh, or maybe fewer than normal. Those are the documents that we have to notarize, the things that they want wet signed. And then they let the borrower e-sign a lot of the other documents. So we currently do hybrid closings. The way you're thinking about the old way, you're right. With those, that It was very hyped. Electronic notarization and electronic signature signing of documents and real estate closings has definitely been a topic for 20 plus years. And it was sort of the thing that was going to happen back in the early 2000s. And I think a lot of uh, the slowdown there happened just because of what happened with the economy that took everybody's eye off the ball of electronic. And we had to get through all of that nonsense before we could kind of put our eyes back on the, the prize. I know some of the lawyers in South Carolina have been concerned about doing this, saying it's somehow going to eliminate the attorney from the closing. But that's not the case, is it? Well, the law in South Carolina that was passed allowing for electronic notarization specifically states in the statute that this new law for electronic notarization does not contradict current state law that provides an attorney must must handle the closing. Okay. So that's now codified in our it statute. Seems like this will be a great sales point for those lenders that quickly in January of 2023 step into the evolve process and say, we're going to do our closings this way. I certainly think that's a great sales pitch to a real estate agent of the ease of the closing for your consumer, the length of the time it will take at closing, the ability not to have to sit there and, and wait on funding numbers, the ability to be able to get your closing documents emailed to you as you're signing them is certainly, I think, a uh, something that a real estate agent would want to present to their clients. So I think that's something that these lenders hopefully should be all on board on soon. Certainly sounds wonderful. A hundred percent. Now, I will say, though, to keep in mind that it is an option. So if you do have that client who just, by God, they want everything done in paper and they want copies, that's not going to go away. It's an option. And for most of us who are have been have maybe bought one or two houses before um, and we don't need to necessarily go through the whole process, this new electronic process, I think, will be very widely accepted. Well, it's good that they still allow the other option. I bought Dwight Yoakam t- uh, concert tickets for my parents and trying to transfer the electronic ticket to my dad. I was on the phone literally FaceTiming him and like, hit this button, move that. And he's like, just send him to the uh, good the will call office, and then I sent him to the will call, and you still had to have the credit card and my ID, and oh, it was a nightmare. So to be able to uh, have your uh, some of your buyers who don't want to have that, that'll be very good too. So iPad, iPin sounds phenomenal to me. I've always believed 
that our industry has lagged a little bit. And I've always thought it'd be really cool if we could walk in, hand an iPad to a client, scan through the documents with them really quickly, have them document, docu-sign them, and then we notarize them, and then submit it for recording immediately, not having to wait a day or two to send it recording, which also eliminates a lot of risk for the consumer. I've always thought that's great. So how does this, if, while we recognize IPIN's great, talk about RON, which is a remote online notary, how that plays into IPIN. Maybe it doesn't play into it at all, but what's RON, how does it work, and how is that going to change closings in South Carolina? So remote online notarization, or RON, is the process of me sitting here in Columbia, South Carolina, you sitting there wherever you may be, whether it be um, one town away or half the world away. It doesn't matter. Um, but we would go through, and, and you can think about it like Zoom, except that you don't use Zoom because these are portals that are set up with specific RON vendors, and they have a lot of security features that your Zoom wouldn't have. So it's the same type of thing. It's an audio-visual conduct of the closing. I'm sitting here in my office in Columbia. You're wherever you are. And we're conducting the closing audio-visually through this secured portal. And as you sign, electronically sign, then I can electronically notarize simultaneously. I can, or a lot of these vendors have online notary employees. So in the event a lawyer didn't get his remote online notarization license or whatever, certified to do that. You can use a vendor's notary. You can still collect your, to conduct your closing, but the notary would be online and still do it. So that would be an option. It, it would be, it's not the law in South Carolina. We are one of eight states left in the country that does not have a RON law. Why um, didn't we pass it? Um, the South Carolina bar uh, at the last minute um, was the was the reason why the the bill was pulled. What was their concern? Well, there have been a lot of concerns expressed by lawyers around the state that remote online notarization is going to, quote unquote, take their business. It's going to, we're going to take all our business. I have personally asked lawyers all over the state of South Carolina to explain to me how that is, because I don't think that remote online notarization, notarization does anything more than what you can currently do. You know, there's talk about, well, then the lender can just hire a South Carolina lawyer on staff. They already can do that. Right. They, they already can. There's nothing about this law that will allow somebody from out of state or some law firm from out of state or some lender or anybody to do anything more than what they currently can do. And frankly, what I think it does for the South Carolina lawyers is opens it up so much. We no longer have to worry about the person who is in the military in Italy and now they have to go either to the the notary on the base or they have to go to the, um, God forbid, we have you know people having to go to the make appointments at the consulate to go and have the apostille put in. So there are all these different things that have to be done if they're international that would simply go away. Well, we had that lady from China who was a school teacher in China who lived in a, a train ride, a full day train ride to the closest big city where she could get something notarized or go to a consulate. So she had to basically take a day off and then travel for an entire day by train to get somewhere to get it signed and then travel a whole day by train back. It's all it's We crazy. hear those kind of stories all over. We had somebody from South America, and I don't remember specifically what their issue was, but wherever they were, it was another huge challenge. Um, we hear those stories. We've personally lived them here in this firm quite a bit. Military with, contractors, especially. Tons, right. All over the state of South Carolina, we have a huge military population coming in and coming out. We also have other industries coming in and coming out. So 
this state and probably all states, but certainly we look at South Carolina since it's our state, have tons of challenges for these people who are moving in and out of the state. And we want to make it easier on them, not more difficult. And the way the law is right now, it's a it's a tough process. And I think a lot of the problems you have is because we're one of the final eight states, meaning that 42 states do have this, is that when people move from other states here, they just assume we have it. And so the day before closing, they call and say, well, I can't make it, but I'll just sign everything remotely and online. And they're like, yeah, we can't do that in South Carolina. Right. Absolutely. And that causes a huge problem. Absolutely. We've had that happen. We had somebody say, well, can I just fly to Florida and do it in Florida? Because they allow for Ron. And Mm -hmm. of course, the answer is no, because it's a South Carolina problem. So if Ron is passed at the federal level, first of all, tell us, where is it at the federal level? Where are we in the process of getting this passed? Because I understand the House passed it. Yes. So the the bill, the federal bill is called the Secure Notarization Act. Um, and that's a long acronym. I won't bore you, bore you with the, the name of it. But it would permit immediate nationwide usage of Ron. Um, it does create minimum standards. So in the event a state's law doesn't meet those minimum standards, then the law would immediately come up to the minimum standards. If a law meets or exceeds, then the state law would prevail. So for a state like South Carolina that does not have a Ron bill, um, secure notarization, if it is passed at the federal level, we would then be subject to the minimum standards under the federal bill. The minimum standards are things like multi-factor authentication. Think about when you log on to, if you have Gmail, you have to put a password in, and then it also asks you to send a text and put a code in. That's multi-factor authentication. It also would provide for AV, audiovisual recording retention. That's part of most states' law. The recording of the notarization has to be retained. Different states have different time periods, but the federal bill would, would establish a minimum standard for that. And finally, it would establish a minimum standard for tamper-evident technology, which also is under all the Ron laws I've seen. So what that means is if somebody tried later on to go and alter a document that had been electronically signed and notarized via Ron platform, the tampering would be evident. You could tell that the pro- that the, the uh, document had been altered. It wouldn't be, you couldn't go back and, and try to do like you can now, which is wipe something out and, and make a change. You wouldn't be able to do that on an electronic document because of the and so right now it passed the United States House on a bipartisan level. This is not a right or left thing. This is a bipartisan bill. And I think there was about 75 or 85 percent of the, uh, the representatives signed off on it. They agreed to it. It's a very small group. And as I understand, and maybe you can talk on this for a second, I understand Senate's going to go for this as well. They have 11 co-sponsors on their bill. Yep. There is a, a companion bill in the Senate. And like you said, it has passed the House at the federal level and just waiting on the Senate. American Land Title Association feels very optimistic that we will get this bill passed. And I think they're looking, hoping for the fall, if possible. And the president will sign this. I I don't see any indication why he wouldn't. So this could be law before the end of the year. It could be law before the end of the year. And then so even if that did, even though it allows for immediate use of Ron, the South Carolina Secretary of State is not yet set up for Ron vendors. So there could be some delay in in onboarding that process, even if it does pass right away. Now, what it may mean, though, is that we could use Ron in another state, and then that document would be recorded in South Carolina. And will South Carolina then go ahead and pass its own Ron, or will there be a need to? Well, I would like to see South Carolina pass it, and I would like to see South Carolina pass it before, because one of the things that South Carolina's bill said was that the notary has to be physically present in South Carolina. Well, we want that. 
a lot of the states' bills have those provisions in their bills that the notaries be present in their state. We want that. If we go, if if Secure is passed and South Carolina doesn't have a bill, it won't say that. So that will mean that we can use notaries from anywhere in the country. So what you're getting at there is if it's a South Carolina closing and they're closing a California buyer, if the if our state law would say they have to be in at least a notary has to be in South Carolina while they're doing the process. Otherwise, mm-hmm. if we don't have that, then the notary literally could be in Illinois or Washington State doing the closing. Absolutely, which is what we don't want to have. Well, and. To, you know, you have to keep in mind that it's not doing the closing. This has been a lot of the contention across the country. Part of it has to do with the fact that in Western states, title companies do closings and they don't have to have lawyers. But in our state, the attorney has to be involved. So the notary doesn't do the closing, although, again, in a lot of the Western states, that kind of is the way it is. Um, but in South Carolina, it's not. So you're right, though, if you if we if secure passes and South Carolina doesn't have a bill, um, that is passed, then the notary can be anywhere to conduct the closing as long as they meet, as long as it's the, the minimum standards are met. That's right. What happens if a buyer doesn't pass the security checks or they can't get through the security? Is that the end of the closing or is there a way to, to make it a paper closing at that point? So all of the RON bills and including the Secure Notarization Act and including South Carolina's bill that came up do provide for what they call papering out. So that would be in the event the the buyer can't pass the security. And the security also includes what they call KBA, knowledge-based authentication. So they're asking questions. You know, when you log on to the bank and they ask you, you know, uh, which of these cars did you have? Which of these addresses did you, where you live? And those mm-hmm. kind of things. That's called KBA. If the buyer can't, or the signer, whoever signed the documents, can't pass the KBA, or whatever reason they can't, um, they're... Their ID isn't um, accepted because one of the things about Ron is you actually hold your ID up and then there's a scan through the portal. It doesn't make it doesn't it's not set up to say, yes, that's definitely a valid driver's license for that person in that state. But what it does do is say this does meet all of the requirements for a driver's license in that state. We don't currently have that. If somebody hands us a a driver's license, you know how it is. They hand you a driver's license from Nevada. You go, looks good to me. We don't know that that's, mm-hmm. the, but but through the RON portal, it would at least do credential analysis to make sure that the ID appears to be a valid, has all the watermarks and all the things that have to be on it for that particular state. So if they don't pass the, the credential analysis or the KBA, or for whatever reason they don't, they can then paper out the transaction and then do a wet sign. Now, then we have to have a notary, uh, you know, physically go to like them and all now. those things that we currently have to do now. That's right. All right. So to recap, IPIN's passed. IPIN will can be hopefully effective by January 2023. So sometime in 2023, for those lenders that go ahead and create themselves as iVault lenders, they'll be able to email the package. The buyer will be able to sign on an iPad or some other type of electronic platform. And then we can notarize it on that platform, submit it immediately electronically for recording, send them their documents back immediately and then send the lender their documents, hopefully eliminating the need for the uh, funding documents. So that could be a tremendous change in closings just under IPIN. And then the second aspect of it is if Ron does pass on the federal level, which it looks certainly able to, that might actually happen, is that that could be law by the end of 2022, implemented hopefully by 2023. And this would allow us to notarize documents through a portal when we watch physically somebody not in South Carolina sign the document, whether they're out of country or out of state, we could actually do the notary 
and watch that uh, as it's being signed so that we can do the closing. And we could actually have a situation where you could have an IPN and a RON closing at the same time where everything's electronic and we're also doing it remotely. So you could do a RON and an IPN. They can both be a RON and an IPN closing. Go ahead. You could. You certainly could. Sellers and buyers, we so often do bifurcated closings now where the sellers and the buyers don't come in at the same time. So if you could have, and we often do mail-aways where both sides are mail-aways. So it'd be the same thing. So you might have one doing uh, run and you might have somebody else coming in and signing their stuff through the IPEN. I really like this for a seller because if I'm a seller and the closing got delayed, I've already moved to New York. I don't want to come back. I don't want to try to make arrangements to get down there and sign documents beforehand. I can just go ahead and go to New York when the document's ready. You send them to me. We do a, a video call. Uh, you witness, notarize them all. Boom, we're all good to go. I Absolutely. think that would be so much better for it all is, the listing agents. It is truly going to make, I, I think, in my opinion, mail away closings or some remote closings, which we do so many of these days, a, so much of a simpler process. I really like this. I think it's going to be a revolutionary change in our industry in the next couple, three to five. In the next three to five years, I think closings are going to be completely different than they are. Anything else we need to know? Call your legislators. Call your South Carolina legislators and tell them that you want uh, the remote online notarization bill. Now, there has not been one proposed. Um, I'm going to be working on trying to get somebody to propose the bill um, for starting in January. Uh, that's going to take some time with the task force that I sit on about that. But we will, we're going to hopefully get a bill proposed and then we need everybody calling their legislators and getting them to vote for it. All right. Well, Cynthia, I appreciate you joining us. And again, uh, maybe having some time like two or three or four or five years again. Uh, yeah, they keep bugging me, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Only when there's a good topic that I think needs to get out. And that's all the time we have for Dish and Dirt today. If you like us, we'd ask that you please like us, subscribe to us, and share us with everybody. And please help get the word out so we continue to grow Dish and Dirt. Y'all have a great weekend, and we'll see you again here next week.